Well, hello and welcome to Talking with T. I am your host, Tika Bella. And it's your girl, MCT Latrice. And we are Talking, Talking with T. Oh, goodness, we are so excited. We're always excited when we have special guests. But today, we have Miss Wanda Brown. Miss Wanda, welcome. Hi, hi, ladies. How are you doing? <laughs> We're doing great. We're so glad you joined us today. It's my honor to be here oh, with you. That's so great. How was your day today? My day was good. Okay. Cool. Every day I wake up, is a good day and I feel blessed because my saying is too blessed to be stressed. Ladies, can we talk? Nice. Okay, so Miss Wanda, you're here because you're a breast cancer advocate and a survivor, right? Yes, I am. Tell us a little about that. I was diagnosed in 2004. My profession was computers. When the doctor told me I had breast cancer, it was like, black people don't get breast cancer. I've never seen any on TV. I've always saw white women that have breast cancer. Never seen anybody black. So I was like, this doctor doesn't know what he's talking about because mm. we do not get breast cancer. And then I found out that we do. We just don't talk about mm. it because what happens in this house stays in this house. That has actually been killing us. I started searching the internet, trying to find out different things about it. And I kept running across all the stuff that was out there. And it was a lot of false information. And I was like, now, if I'm having problems finding reliable sources of information and I'm in the computer field, what about women who have no idea about how to use the computer or how to do searches? That made me decide that I was going to start my own nonprofit so that I can educate us. My motto is tell one, save one, because we don't know and nobody's talking about it. And we're not in the know about anything because when you look at TV, even now today, look at television. It's a white woman. She takes that television camera in there with her. She has all the news anchors and everything in there when she's doing mammograms. They're in there. They're filming everything. We still don't talk about it. It's still like tabooed, but we have to start talking about it. And I said that the worst thing that the devil did was give me breast cancer because okay. <laughs> when he gave it to me, I went on a mission yes. and that's actually my ministry. I'm going to tell every black woman I know about it. I was diagnosed in November of 04. I was in treatment all of 05. I actually went into a clinical trial. The medication we're getting is not based on black women. It's based on a white woman because they're the ones that are in the clinical trials. It's a hit and miss with us when they're doing the treatment. So I did a clinical trial. I started chemo the day before my birthday, January 20, 2005. And I'll never forget that because I went in with an attitude. Oh. I told the lady, I said, this is the day before my birthday and I have to start doing chemo and I'm not happy about it because you don't know. I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer and that's the deadliest one you can have. And I never heard of it. Thank you, God, because the doctor told me, he's like, we could do this just before the holidays. And I was like, well, holidays. And he's like, Thanksgiving. I was like, Thanksgiving, that's like in about four days. I was like, I can't do that. I got a Christmas party that I'm going to in December and my birthday in January. I was like, hmm, how long has this thing been growing? And he said, probably five years because it was in between my gynecology exam and a mammogram. 
So there was nothing there. Then all of a sudden, I got something. And I felt it. And I was like, okay, well, I got a doctor's appointment coming up. So I'll just see what the doctor says. Um, my brain said, five years. You could actually wait a little bit longer. So he said, tell, go tell my nurse when you want to come in for the surgery and stuff. And I said, okay. I went out there. I said, I got to set up for an appointment to get surgery. So give me something for next year after January 21st. I'll come in and get the surgery. Not realizing the type of cancer I had was extremely aggressive. Thank God for my daughter. When I told her, she was like, oh, Ma, you're going to die. And I was like, Satan, get beneath me because I am not going to die. She said, Ma, you got to go ahead and get this done. You got to get it done. And I was like, I'm going to my party because I didn't bought that dress. I'm celebrating my birthday. I am not doing this the next year. And she bugged me so much till I was like, let me get the surgery, just get it over with. So I had the surgery December 20th. And then I started doing research and looking into this. It was like triple negative breast cancer, extremely aggressive. You have to catch it at the right time. The only thing they have that can cure it is chemo. That was the only treatment that they had. And you have to catch it at the right time. Tell me exactly what triple negative is and also what were your first signs and symptoms? that you had. Okay. Triple negative means that it has no hormones or anything that is causing the growth. It's progesterone negative, HER2 negative, and estrogen negative. So this tumor is just growing on its own. There is nothing that's feeding it. Because you hear people that have had breast cancer, they're like, well, I'm on the pill for five years and stuff like that. When you finish your chemo and radiation surgery, that's it. There's nothing else they give you. Now it's you and God. And it can come back in the first three years. So that one comes back in three years. And if it comes back in three years, everybody that I know that's had it and it came back in three years, they all died. You were saying that it was triple negative. What stage did you find it at? It was actually 2B. There's only four stages in breast cancer. 2B is like midway between 2 and 3, so it was almost stage 3. The fact that it had actually traveled from the breast into my lymph nodes now is no longer local. It actually had moved out. That's how they do the staging based on where it is and the size of the tumor. So my tumor was five centimeters. There was no symptoms. I didn't feel no pain, nothing. I just felt the lump. You found the lump yourself, right? Yes. But did you do it by doing your own exam? By doing a self-breast. Well, I really didn't even do self-breast exams. I just happened to, you know, taking my shower and stuff and I was bathing and I was like, feel something. What is this? I waited a few days and stuff, and I knew I had a doctor's appointment coming up anyways. I took and just waited, and then when I went to the doctor, they felt it, and it's like, oh, we need to do a biopsy. We need to see what this is. I went, and I had got a mammogram again, and they saw it on the mammogram. Then they had me to go get an ultrasound. So I went and got the ultrasound, and the the technician told me, he said, I've done a lot of these, so I'm going to let you know now you've got breast cancer. I had went up on Cleveland Avenue and I'm driving all the way back to Fifth Avenue back to work because I did it during a lunch break. And I'm driving back to work and I'm like, breast cancer. That's, that can't be. 
I actually went through Ohio Health. And by the time I got back to work, they had already assembled a team. The breast health nurse had called me. They set up my appointments. I didn't have to think about anything because it was like, who do I call? Where do I go? What's the next step? And they actually was there for me from the start. And the doctor that did my uh, surgery originally, he doesn't do breast surgery anymore. I went to see him a couple of weeks ago and I told him, if it ever comes back, you're going to do my surgery. He said, I don't do breast cancer surgery anymore. I said, what part of you're going to do that did you not understand? That wasn't a question. That was a, you're going to do it. So get your books out, start studying. Just if I get it back, but chances are that I probably never get it back. You're never going to get it back. Nope. Okay. Because I trust in God. So. Yeah, yes. so this journey is personal. This is a personal journey because I don't want to see any sisters that die from it because of lack of knowledge. Because that's biblical. My people die from lack of knowledge and they're not going to die because of lack of knowledge. Because the only way, they just don't listen to me. Right. <laughs> when I came back to work, the end of 05, I actually talked to my managers and them at my job and I worked for the state. They allowed me to actually bring a mobile monography bus on site and allow the women to go out and get their mammograms. That's amazing. So yes. each year it started at one and just before the pandemic started in 2019, we was up to four times a year having that bus out there. Oh, that there. is amazing. I love that. Does breast cancer run in your family? At all? I am the only person in my family that has ever had any kind of cancer. And I tell people the greatest factor of giving you chances of having breast cancer or any kind of cancer is birth. When you're born, you're born at risk. That's the big, biggest risk factor because we have cancer cells in our body. And it just depends if that cancer cell decides it wants to go renegade and do something different. So everybody's walking around with some kind of cancer in their bodies. You never had it to run in your family or anything. Like, how did your family receive the news once you told them what had happened to you? They were very supportive because my family all are in New York or even Georgia. It was just my children that was here with me. Mm -hmm. I had my sister-in-law. Every week I would get a card from her. She would send me a card oh, from Atlanta every week. And then after the cancer was gone, I stopped getting my cards. I had an <laughs> attitude. I was like, she said, you I said, Angie, where is my card? <laughs> and she said, you don't need them now. I was like, yes, I do. I had got spoiled because you figure from January to November, that was a whole year right. of cards and then no cards and absolutely it broke my heart oh, <laughs> that support meant me a lot right it did yeah. and they i've had them drive here to come and see me oh, and nice. whatnot so we're, my family we're close so if something happens we will travel for right. the other person that's great and how long have you been in remission I have never been in remission. I have been cured for the last 19 years. Okay. Praise God. Yes. A year. Because <laughs> it is gone. It is cured. I never admit to remission. And I tell people, first of all, the cancer was never mine. Right. I never accepted it. It was something that God had me to go through because either somebody needed to see 
how to go through this or they weren't strong enough to do it on their own. I took on somebody else's burden. Absolutely. And that's what I felt that God did. But now me and God had to talk and I told them they got to do their own because <laughs> okay. I'm not doing anything else for anybody else. I did my part. I did my assignments. I'm on a mission now to just educate as many people as I can. He uses his strongest warrior to get the word out. Yes. I have you now. <laughs> yes. Clearly. Yes. Because he knows I will kick indoors. Yes. And I have a person at my church that this lady told him she had cancer and she was in tears and she was hurting. And he thought of me and he called me. He's like, Miss Wanda, can you call this lady? Because she's going through and she's been diagnosed with cancer. So I told him, have her to call me because I will not call you. Because it's like with AA, you got to be ready to accept it. And if you don't reach out, then that means you don't want it. You have to reach out to me. And if you reach out to me, then I'm on it 100%. But if you don't reach out, I will never call you because it's the other person who wants you to have this help, but you got to want to have this help. You are speaking a word to my spirit right now. Something just resonated through my whole mind when you said that. So I have some calling to do on some things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you have to reach out because there's a few of us, we will not reach out to you, even though we know you're going through. I will pray for you, but I will not pick up that phone and I will not call you. You have to call me because I'm available. And when you call me as an advocate, I will actually go with you to the doctor's talk to the doctors and I tell everybody if you when you go to the doctor you're not going to understand anything because your mind is in a fog because you dealing yeah. with the fact that you had cancer take the nosiest person that you know because your nosy friend is going to sit Pride. there and ask that doctor everything mm-hmm. that you would think about later because they want to know more your business exactly. than you do and they're going to be like <laughs> yes it's like well, doctor, can you tell me that? Tell me that you take the nosy person because we all have a real nosy friend because that's that one when somebody say something, they, what was that? They heard something like, what, did, what, what was it they said? So that's the person you take with you to the doctor. And you can tape your uh, conversations with the doctor. Just ask them, say, I'm going to take this and write down your questions. You could send them to him before, especially now since everybody's using like a portion of my chart. Pre-send your questions so that they can answer them. And your doctor, don't let him rush out that room. Right. Because it's like, no, you're not coming in to talk to me for two minutes and then you're gone. No, you're going to sit in here and talk to me and tell him, I want this in plain English. I am not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I don't know any of that that jargon that you be talking. You need to tell me in English. Right. So you were talking about ways that you advocate. You go with patients sometimes to their appointments. I go with them. I put uh, messages out. I have a, a Facebook page and it's called Hope For Us Inc. Mm-hmm. And that's my nonprofit. And the whole month of October, every day you will find a new breast cancer fact out there because there's a lot of things we don't know. So I take and put them out there, get them from, if you want good resources, you go and get it from anything that has .gov. And you want it to be evidence-based research because that means it they have tested it, 
and proving it to be true. Do not look on Facebook and people are saying things because, you know, like everybody say, oh, it's on Facebook. It must be true. Shirley sees that they just killed her again. <laughs> they had a whole memorial going yesterday because I had somebody say, did Shirley Caesar die? I said, where'd you find that at? She said, Facebook. I said, okay, let me, <laughs> let me look this up. I was like, yeah, no, Shirley's still alive. She didn't find <laughs> out that from. she died. And there was a whole memorial out there. Wow. So do yeah. not take what you read on Facebook unless they have like a source that they got it from. If they're not telling you the source that it came from, if somebody just sat there and probably made up stuff, it sounds good. Because right. we got these content people who are trying to make money so they just put stuff out there so that they can be seen and heard and they don't realize they're causing people their lives yes did you face any obstacles during your treatment no i did not look at god because <laughs> this is wanda brown they're dealing with I'm and okay. it was you like yes no we're, we're not gonna have this issue you're gonna do exactly what i say because you work for me i do not work for you and i will fire a doctor in a heartbeat. I don't care. Oh, oh, yeah, you, you work for me because when my insurance company pay you, you're getting my money. Yes. Because I pay them, they pay you, and this is what we're going to do. You just taking charge. Because if you don't advocate you, for yourself, nobody's going to advocate yeah. for you. You have yeah. to take charge. Yeah. You go in there and it's like, nope. This is what we're not going to do. Right. Because um, a couple of years ago, I had scar tissue build up and my surgeon was like, oh, we're going to just go ahead and take this out because I don't want you feeling it and thinking that something's going on. And I had got a new oncologist because mine had retired. Mm -hmm. And so out of courtesy, I went and told him, I said, well, I'm going to be having surgery because I have some scar tissue and they're going to take it out. And he's like, it may not be uh, scar tissue. We may want to leave it there. We want to watch it. And I was like, okay, what part of I'm letting you know, <laughs> did you not understand? I'm not asking you for your permission. I'm not talking to you about it. I'm just doing an FYI. Right. <laughs> And I told my surgeon and my surgeon, he was like, do I need to call that man up and explain to him how we do things? I said, no, nah, I already took care of him. Because it's like, no, I tell you what we're going to do. So I know you consider yourself a spiritual person. How has this made you stronger and increased your spirituality in any way? Um, during that whole ordeal, all I could do was trust in God because I went on a 50% income. My salary got cut in half. I had two uh, children in school. I had just got a house three years before then. And I was like, okay, God, you got to pay these bills because I don't have that money coming in like I used to. I have never been late with a mortgage payment. I burned my air conditioner as high as I wanted. During the uh, summer months, I had my air conditioner down to like, 68 okay, they talk about nice 72 cool. now it's like 68 my heat during the winter i kept it up to like 73 okay. never was late with any bills food on the table at all times mm -hmm. ate whatever i want because 
God had my finances. I turned it all over to him and it was like, you got to do this. You put me in this house, so that means oh, you got to keep me in this house. Because <laughs> I bought my house in 01 and I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 04. I had zero equity or anything because I hadn't even been in there that long. I said, okay, God, it's your house, your will. Let's do this. And we went right on through it. And I was not ever sick. I was never sick. I And I was out of work the whole time. I asked God to take me out of work for a while because I was like, I need a break. But, you know, <laughs> God, God has a sense of humor and I didn't tell him how oh. I wanted to be out. Well, we gotta be so we've got to be extremely yes. specific. So he, he took me out for a whole year. And I was like, God, this was not what I meant. Right. I wanted to be out of work for a while, but not like this. Ooh. But I never was sick like a lot of people were sick, you know, just a little bit. But so far as like having to go in the hospital and couldn't eat and things like that, I never had that. Mm-hmm. I never experienced it. So God just kept me. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. My my mom had cancer. It was ear, nose, and throat cancer. Mm-hmm. And she just went through it. You know, she had a lot of hard times. So for you to not have any, especially like after chemo, she had to do chemo and radiation at one point. Yeah. And it just. I did really eight months her. of chemo. Wow. Every Thursday I was doing chemo weekly. Yeah. One of the nurses came in and now she was pregnant and she brought the baby in and I was still doing chemo when she brought her baby in and I helped her baby. Wow. So you'll hear people, I can't do it. You can do it. Because if I could do it through a whole person's pregnancy, mm. you can do it. What is chemo? Chemo is uh, drugs that they give you. It kills off all your cells, your good cells, bad cells. So, and then you have to take stuff to build up your white count because it kills everything. So I had to do that. And then after that, I did 37 rounds of radiation. So that was Monday through Friday, holidays Mm -hmm. and weekends off. Did you lose hair? I lost all my hair and I had my nieces and them sending me big earrings from New York because I was like, Mm -hmm. I know I'm cute because right. if Grace Jones can walk around bald-headed <laughs> and I know I look better than Grace okay. Jones, guess what? I can do this too. Oh, yes, <laughs> and as you see, I have not really grown my hair back. This was, it actually turned out to be really good because it's a wipe and go. Okay. I was going to say, yeah. 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 I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. And I have my long hair too. So if I want my Beyonce to go, I just go in. I have all kinds of wigs. I will go pick out a wig (laughs) and throw it on. And I've got my long flowing hair. I I have the short ones. Hair is just optional. It is. Because it's never been a real big thing with me anywhere because I used to always keep it cut. And then after I moved here, I couldn't find no real good stylist coming from New York. Mm. It made it a little bit more difficult. I was like, okay, so it's gone, no big deal. What would you tell someone that's going through the same thing that you've gone through? What advice would you give them? I would tell them just keep the faith, you know, look to God, stop worrying about it because there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to go through it. What is the best way to support you, your cause, your nonprofit, as well as breast cancer awareness? Well, we take donations and I'm a 5013C, so it's tax deductible. Okay. So any donations that you make are tax deductible. 
call me to come out and educate your women. I prefer to do that more so than anything else because God provides for me so I can keep my organization going. I'd rather come and talk to people just like this here. I will come out to, for one person to train them how to do it. You have your sisters and your cousins over. I come to your house and will train you on how to do breast cancer self-breast exams and talk to you about it, train you, because we have to start educating our people. If we don't tell each other, nobody's telling us anything. You don't see nobody beating your door down telling you this is what you need to do. This is what's going to save your life because everybody's saying black lives matter, but black lives do not matter to blacks. Mm -hmm. So we got to start making it matter to us. We've got to get out here and we've got to save ourselves because nobody's saving us. So I will come and train one person, two people, a whole church, whatever it takes to get the word out and help save our lives. Because like I said, my motto is tell one, save one. So tell the people again where they can find you. I'm on Facebook, Hope For Us, the number four, Hope, the number four, Us, Inc. That's my Facebook page. My webpage is Hope, the number four, Us.org. What time nice. is it? It's, it's time, time for affirmations. <laughs> It's time for affirmation. It's time for affirmation. It's time for affirmation. Today's affirmation is inspired by Miss Wanda. Hope for us. Pray for us. Breast cancer won't stop us. Hope for us. Pray for us. Breast cancer won't stop us. Hope for us. Pray for us. Because breast cancer won't stop us. Hope for us. Pray for us. Because breast cancer won't stop us. Hope for us. Pray for us. Because breast cancer won't stop us. Hope for us. Pray for us, because breast cancer won't stop us. Hope for us. Pray for us, because breast cancer will stop us. Hope for us. Pray for us, because breast cancer will stop us. Yes! <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. This was so informative. This has been a blessing just to sit here and hear all this great information that you share for us. I'm going to share it with somebody I know. I'm definitely going to share it. Tell them. Save one. Yes, ma'am. So thank you so much for joining us. This has been your host, Tika Vela. And it's your girl, MCT Latrice. And this has been... Talking Talkin with, with tea. tea. And remember to always fill your cup until it overflows. <laughs>